0: That was the day really that our world was shutting down you know locally here in California like things were happening in New York City like the world was shutting down and I got this really strong hit to like slow down and go in and take advantage of this time and I started meditating twice a day I was on my yoga mat every day and this information started coming and it was coming like it was dropping like a cinder block into my being every day. And I just kept getting this hit, like start writing, start writing, start writing. And I had known for many, many years that I would write a book. And so I started writing and it was messy and it was profound. There was like just phrases of absolute pure gold in there, very confusing, very disorganized. I knew it was a book, but it was so overwhelming at that time to even begin to, like, what are the chapters going to look like? What's it going to be called? Like all of these things that could put you in such resistance. And I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And I knew that it was, this was it. This was the book I had felt my whole life. It was coming and I couldn't stop it. And I remember writing so much that my my fingers hurt. Like I couldn't keep up. Like it, it, I was typing. It was so loud on the computer and and I would just sit out there in the wee hours of the morning 4 o'clock in the morning 3.30 in the morning out on our porch and just because I, I couldn't stop the stream and then I realized that it was becoming quite evident that not everyone was thriving in this time and so that's what drew me into launching the Awake Athlete podcast. And the first season dropped in August of 2020, and that is short-form explorations of life and sport from a 10,000-foot view of life. is essentially what that is. And so on August 5th of 2023, the book was published.
1: It comes down to what you believe. If you believe you can only race well on flat courses, then you probably will only race well on flat courses. The same goes for hilly courses. You know, I say that I'm a climber because I'm lighter. I'm a smaller guy, so maybe climbing's best for me, but I'm going to go after Texas. I'm not going to shy away from Texas because it's flat, just like I didn't shy away from Arizona because it's mostly flat. It's just, it's what you believe. And when it comes down to it, it's how you prepare and show up on race day. What are the things that you do to make yourself ready for those race conditions? Flat course, cold water swim, hilly run course whatever it is just prepare yourself for it give yourself a chance i think all too often we cut ourselves off right before we even have the opportunity to to make that choice because we're our belief system is just so strong it's just so ingrained in us um so i always ask if an athlete asked me that i said well what do you believe about you know flat race courses and what evidence do you have that supports that And when you start to pick that apart, there's really no evidence because a lot of times they've done one hilly course and have not done well. So it's based on one sample size, one race. But the other side of that is if you don't enjoy doing hilly courses, why would you go and do hilly courses? Do what you enjoy doing.
0: Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm here with BJ. My name is Jess, and this is our August O Show, the open and honest show where we will throw down whatever subject you want us to throw down. And uh, yeah, today we're going to dish on a few different things. Ironman build, some common questions that we get around that. We're going to really dive into... 20 years experience of our head coach here at yogi triathlete bj is going to help guide us through that specifically i think talking probably about ironman lake placid which might seem like a far way off at this point but it's not as a an athlete who signed up just asked bj when they should start training and his answer was
1: yesterday <laughs>
0: Yesterday, I love it. Uh, we're also going to dive in a little bit into Awake Athlete and how she has surfaced into the world. How that's going? Um, but yeah, welcome to the show, Beej. Anything you want to kick off the show with before we dive into those two topics?
1: Well, we can talk about you know our community here, the Patreon community that helps support the podcast, and you know, super, super grateful. Uh, I mean, I can't stress that enough uh, for the episode number 380, which launched on Monday. We've been doing this for six years now. Every Monday. Seven years now. More. And more years. (laughs) And we're going to continue to go. And uh, a large part of that success is attributed to the Patreon support that we've received over the years. Uh, And so we've been going back and forth with some changes and some some shifts in how we are going to use the Patreon page, but I know you're or have been working with that more closely. So what do you see like what's what's happening with with Patreon?
0: Well, Patreon is amazing because you guys are making a statement that you wanna keep this show you know, commercial free. We want to keep it free of advertisements, uh, specifically from different companies. Uh, and so we really applaud you for making that statement. And I think there's something super special about having a show that's a hundred percent listener supported because there's an energy exchange there. And that energy exchange keeps the channels open. And I think that's why every time we ask someone to be on the show, no matter if they're like, you know, the number four ranking in the PTO or they, you know, they're an incredible doctor, like they just say yes. And I think that's because of this energy exchange, the channels being open, um, you guys saying thanks to us and us saying thanks to you. So that said, um, we are reassessing the tiers in Patreon. Um, a, cu- a couple things that we know will be staying is the yoga recording because that is something that people really love and use, and so that's not going anywhere. If that is a tier that you're in, that might shift a little bit in your pledging, and um, and then how that yoga recording perhaps going from weekly to monthly, how that's going to look. We're also going to be keeping the Awake Athlete community, and that has a couple of the different Uh, levels of support where you can roll in one-on-one mindset coaching sessions. And then there's also going to be some uh, sponsorship opportunities for the listeners and listeners that perhaps have small businesses that would like to get uh, more of the word out. And again, moving away from advertisements from bigger companies and moving into really cultivating and supporting one another and your endeavors. Um, And also, you know, We also understand that some people may want to sponsor the podcast and remain anonymous, and that's fine too. Uh, Your secrets are safe with us, Uh, and we are just so grateful. So those new tiers are going to launch on September 1st, so be on the lookout for that. And again, just like, man, our eternal gratitude for this exchange, you know, um, podcasting is something that we want to continue to offer to the globe, um, without a chart of, you know, an admission fee. We don't want to charge our guests. And we understand that that is also becoming common practice where guests are paying to be on shows, um, that shows are paying guests to be on shows that, listeners are paying to be, you know, subscribe to the podcast. And so this exchange of you being a patron, us being stewards and, uh, and the messages and the guests that come on this show being really all of it being this beautiful organism, uh, this organic organism of growth and possibility is just something that I, didn't realize was going to happen when we started the show. And we're so grateful. So thank you so much for all of you who are supporting the show and keeping it commercial free and uh, keeping the listener supported piece alive. Really, really beautiful.
1: So I want to backtrack just for those that may be new listeners, and they're asking, what is Patreon? So Patreon is just a platform that you can use to create a, um, a pledge, a subscription, basically a monthly pledge for uh, supporting, we put all that money towards the podcast. So basically you're supporting the po- podcast that gets produced every every week. And so there's different tiers. So you can pledge a certain amount of money and in that tier, there's certain benefits that you get from it. So it's just the Patreon is a is a business. So patreon.com slash yogi triathlete is our page, and have all the details there. You can you can do a monthly subscription. You can just do a one time uh, drop uh, if that's what you want to do to support the podcast. You can come in and out. It's it's really just a platform for you to use to help support the podcast. That's at its essence. Uh, how we are paying the people who help produce the podcast, uh, our time to put it up there, reaching out, uh, having uh, Linda reach out to new guests to to come on the podcast. There's a whole plethora of things that it involves, but it's simply just the platform. It helps us <laughs> allow you to to be a part of it, be a part of this.
0: Yeah, it's a Patreon was created to support creators. So there's artists, musicians, podcasters, people who are creating content. And sharing, um, sharing in the world. And so it's a really, it's been a beautiful thing. We, it's been going since 2017. Remember, I went through the history the other day and it was like 2017, like the first month, it was like $32. And we were like, 30, yes. yes, $32 of gratitude. amazing, amazing. So yeah, thank you everyone, um, who has come and gone and, uh, and stayed, you know, some of you have been with us since 2017 and we bow to you that incredibly grateful. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, let's, one of those tiers is the awake athlete tier. And that's something that you've created and uh, built to uh, incorporate a weekly or a monthly, uh, get together, Uh, where we all, this is what's so great about uh, Patreon is that we can all come together in like a a Zoom meeting um, specific to that tier. So Awake Athlete is one of those tiers. We get together once a month. We talk about, you know, how meditation is going, mindfulness maybe is, is something that we're working on, each of us is working on. And then at the end, we do a meditation and it's something that you record and then provide for the group later on. And you don't record that first section where we have uh, an intimate discussion about, you know, like I was saying, meditation or thoughts or challenges. It's just that last part uh, which I think is beautiful that we can practice to some sort of meditation to close out the session. So Awake Athlete, it's on Patreon, but it's also a website now. It's a sub-business of Yogi Triathlete. You just wrote the first book, Awake Athlete. Uh, when Mastery is your only option. Um, it is launched. It is produced. You've ordered some copies and started mailing them out. Uh, we were at the printer down at the FedEx store on Friday night, printing up note cards and bookmarks to put into the books to send out to all the people who ordered the signed copy, which you can get on our website. It's all coming together. Um, What's next?
0: Um, well, I love how you went back with Patreon to, to to describe what Patreon is. And I'm going to give a little shout out to Vlatko here, our, one of our athletes who's been giving us great feedback on the podcast, never assuming that people are, you know, this could be the first time they're listening. And so, like, who are we? And, like, what's Patreon? And, like, what's a Wake Athlete? So before I say where it's going – or what's next? Um, I want to talk about how it began. And 2020 is really when Awake Athlete was born. However, there were, I would say in 2019, I started getting this hit of like creating some kind of group or education. It was getting really, really strong. And I remember like journaling about like Project Wake Up, you know, like a a 90-day self-development course, and I just kept journaling and journaling, and I was like, yeah, like, it, it wasn't there yet. It wasn't clear. And then March 17th, I believe it was a Tuesday, and you and I were driving up to L.A. to go interview. Um, we're doing an interview in, uh, in Ojai, and I'm totally drawing a blank on our amazing guest, the yogi. Um, or oh, the
1: meditating yogi.
0: No, um... Omar? No. Um,
1: <laughs> Amar. Amari.
0: Oh, Amir. Amir. No, that the yogi athlete. Um, uh, the yoga teacher. Terry's a yoga teacher for Newport Power Yoga up in Ojai. We went oh, to his yeah. house. It was like Brian. The, Brian Cast. Oh my goodness! Thank you. Uh, we just we just went through a couple awesome guests though. Yeah, the meditating vet. That's a great episode. Uh, Amir, which is the yogi athlete, and he was one of our first interviews here in LA once we uh, once we landed. But anyway. We're driving up um, to Brian Kess house in Ojai, California, and it's Tuesday and the world is shutting down and we're driving through LA at rush hour and nobody's on the highway and it's so wild. And we emailed Brian, I think the night before, and we were like, are you cool with this? And he's like, come on up. And it was really kind of like this eerie day and we did the interview and we came back through LA during rush hour and nobody was on the highway. And this is like, we were like, whoa, this is so wild. And then, um, that was the day really that the world, you know, our world, um, was shutting down our world, you know, locally here in California, like things were happening in New York city, like the world was shutting down and it became very, I got this really strong hit to like slow down and go in and take advantage of this time. And I started meditating twice a day. I was on my yoga mat every day. And this information started coming. And it was coming like it was dropping like a cinder block into my being every day. And I just kept getting this hit, like, start writing, start writing, start writing. And I had known for many, many years that I would write a book. And um, and so I started writing. And it was messy. And it was profound. There was, like, just phrases of absolute pure gold in there, very confusing, very disorganized. Um, I knew it was a book, but it was so overwhelming at that time to even begin to like, what are the chapters going to look like? What's it going to be called? Like all of these things that could put you in such resistance. And I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And I knew that it was, this was it. This was the book I had felt my whole life. It was coming and I couldn't stop it. And I remember writing, um, so much that my, my fingers hurt. Like I couldn't keep up. Like it, it, I I was typing it was so loud on the computer and and I would just sit out there in the wee hours of the morning four o'clock in the morning three thirty in the morning out on our porch um, and just because I, I couldn't stop the stream and then I realized that it was it was becoming quite evident that not everyone was thriving in this time and so that's what drew me into launching the Awake Athlete podcast and the first season dropped in August of 2020 and that is short form explorations of life and sport from a 10,000 foot view of life is essentially what that is and so um yeah and so on August 5th of 2023 the book was published just a few weeks ago and um I've sent out the first round of signed copies, author copies, and people are also ordering it from Amazon. And um, it is being distributed. It's not translated into different languages at this point. It's still written in the English language, but it's available in um, many different countries, including Germany and Poland, the United Kingdom, Australia, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, um, Sweden, all... Amazon is um, wonderful in that way, right? Like I can get this global reach through them. And then of course, uh, if you're here in the States, it's super easy and wonderful support to just order it direct from us. And uh, I can sign that for you and send it out. So where it's going next is anyone's guess. All I can do is ask that we get this into the minds of as many people as we can. Those who are ready will be drawn to it. And, um, you know, if you read it uh, and it blows your mind, know that you're going to want to get on the mountaintop and shout the messages. Not everyone's going to be ready to hear it and be okay with that. Um, there could be one or handful of people in your community that are, and then you don't know the trickle effect from that. So introduce them to it, have them buy the book, um... And uh, it's sixteen ninety nine, so it's a really affordable book, and uh, yeah, that I think is next. Is like, it's not just in my hands; it's in your hands, and it's in the hands of the universe. And I just I trust the alignment and the power of um, vibration, and it's exciting. So, what's next? Is anybody's guess.
1: Well, what's that? What's the next branch? Where were you? What are you going to create from um, a book club?
0: Yeah, so September 1st, why not? Right? Launch a book. Yeah. Like we have got a retreat coming in this weekend, like 21 people coming in for a retreat. I'm doing workshops and everything, so why not we'll launch a book club? Why not? Um, but really the book club's gonna be pretty, pretty cash. Um, I'm gonna do it on WhatsApp, and I just wanna provide a space for us to process the teachings, me included. I can't tell you how many times this book taught me. I had such there were moments of absolute paralyzing fear. Um, that it was too deep, that people weren't going to get it, that people were going to be upset, that people were going to take it personally, that people were going to, you know. And I, and I really, whew, I read the book. In those times, I turned to the book itself. And it, it taught me so much. And I, it's one of those books that you can just open. It will continue to teach you at the level that you're ready, which, I mean, that's just a dream come true. Those are the books that have guided me to where I am today and um so i thought let's create a community it's free you know your cost of entry is just purchasing the book and so we'll do it for september and see where it leads but i will uh, be there as a facilitator but also i want to encourage people to come together you're if you're in this book club you're in um, a community of people who are like-minded, like you, who want to live in with more joy, who want to live with better relationships, who want to live it with more peace and calm, and sleep better at night and wake up feeling more refreshed during the day. So I'm going to do that on WhatsApp, and um, that will start September first. And yeah, uh, you know, there will be more information. This is actually dropping. This is Tuesday. The. Twenty second, and this is going to drop on Monday, which I think is the twenty eighth. So you've got time to even if you want to order it on Amazon once you hear this and start with us on September first. And by the time this launches, there'll be information up already on our Instagram about how to get involved with this and how to get to the WhatsApp. Um, that's on my list of things <laughs> to do today.
1: The list that is. Now so like- I'm psyched
0: about that. That was just like a quick inspiration that came from someone. People are dropping comments. And it's like I'm getting information from the universe of like, okay, what's next? Because the universe is my publicist. <laughs> because we don't have the cash flow to hire a publicist, and that's okay because the universe is my publicist, and the universe created worlds. So that seems like a pretty, pretty solid source.
1: so what uh, what's early feedback like? Like what do you people who have the book in hand have already seen it or maybe even got a pre <laughs> pre-published copy? to check over what what's what are people saying
0: um or how's it helping them yeah um i've heard a a lot of talk about highlighters and dog-eared pages (laughs) and how um uh one woman cindy who is um She is back from our Rhode Island Power Yoga days, and she came on retreat with us in Costa Rica, just a really beautiful, amazing woman, inside and out, an athlete at heart. And she posted, let me, I'll pull it up, because it was just, it was so hard, it was just so powerful. But I was laughing so hard because I saw her, um, the picture she posted in her post. And it literally looked like she had devoured the book. Like it looked like the book had been through it. And and I said, wow, it looks like you devoured that book. And she said, yeah, I I pretty much did. She said it was like all highlighted and she had just a, a little bit more to go in it. But she said, absolutely stunning book, beautifully written by Jessica Mkowski. And wow, I wish I could take credit for uh, being the writer of this book. I was just the steward or the channel. So that is one piece. Um, Jennifer Volman, um, who just came off of Norseman Extreme Try, which she qualified for after winning the Starvation Extreme Try last year. She is our uh, conduit to the Pura Pura Vida Cycling Challenge an incredible awake athlete who has just elevated her game by training her mind over these last uh, year and a half. She said, um, this book is life altering, whether you consider yourself an athlete or not. Um, so that's a couple of pieces of feedback. I know I've got more in here. Um, let me see. I know I've got more in here. Let's read a couple more because it's fun. Um, Anyway, another question while I'm looking for these.
1: Yeah, so um, talking about reach, how far is the book going to travel? I know we had an order come in or somebody sent us from uh, from Europe.
0: From Germany. From Germany. Yes, Jan, who has been an amazing supporter of the podcast and just incredible. Like he orders gear from us and then we ship it internationally and he's like the shipping is like more, more um expensive than the gear, but he's he's taking these messages, he's taking these teachings, he's applying them to his life. He is staying in the vibe. He is staying in the community. He lives in Berlin and I am incredibly grateful to him. So yeah, he just sent me a, a shot me a a photo this morning that he had, um, he had bought the book on Amazon in Germany. So super cool. Um, Okay. I got a couple other pieces of feedback here. Uh, What a treasure box of truths you have put down on paper in beautifully written words. I made a page full of notes just from the first chapter. Thank you for clearing your mind enough to receive the words that are needed for, for such a time as this. Wow, ah, beautiful. Um, another one was your strength, vulnerability and higher perspective blow my heart wide open in countless other ways. We don't even know of awake athlete will open the hearts and minds of people to deeper ways of loving and forgiveness in this world keep going, keep writing. And, um, that's from somebody that, you know, doesn't identify as an endurance athlete. And it's really funny because it's like, You know, we can look at it, it's like it's a mind training guide for athletes. And then here are the true messages that are coming through, which is what informs our athletic performance is our ability to love and forgive in this life and keep our heart open, because when our heart is open, the possibilities will come. And there is no disconnect between living in possibility and higher levels of athletic performance. So those are a couple little pieces of feedback so far. And there's more, but that's what I'll share right now. And so sending out all those um all those copies yesterday was incredible because it was like okay, here's the next level or the next step of people absorbing the teachings and we'll see where it goes.
1: Well, it's going to it's going to go to some world championships.
0: It is going to the 70.3 world championship. I have heard that is packed in several suitcases. Um And I'm really excited about that. And um, it's funny because Coach Melissa said, you know, this is going to save me on a 20 plus hour flight. And I said, well, I think it's going to save you from a little bit more than a 20 plus hour flight. I mean, it's going to save you from future misery and sorrow and regret in your life. And it's going to guide you into like high levels of performance and your possibility as an athlete, uh, traversing life in this world. So super cool, but yeah, it's going to worlds and it's going to Kona. I've already heard that too. It's already going to Kona, um, as a text for, uh, you know, race prep. So this is it, you guys, this is the text. This is it. This is all I live and teach. Um, I'm not above any of these teachings. I'm living them every day.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I'm so grateful that, um, that Finland is the is the place of choice to share for the 70.3 so people have the flight to read the book because if it was in St. George again, well, they would probably drive. Um, they could listen to it event- at some point because that is what's coming next.
0: Oh, great question. Yeah, so Kindle. What's the update on Kindle, Beach? Beej? Beej is in charge of the Kindle. Soon. <laughs> is it on the list today?
1: It's on the list.
0: <laughs> but you're pretty much done with it. You just have a few tweaks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just uh, it's my first. It'll be my first book to Kindle, but I've done the other cookbooks that we had and producing them on Amazon. So it's been fun. It's been great to use my skills as a creative artist um, in the web world to bring to the print world, and um, now bringing it back to the, the digital world. So uh, to Kindle, and then we'll do um, we'll do an audio book as well. We got to get your voice out there for yeah.
0: So, oh, I'm recording. totally recording yeah. the book. Like, <laughs> I'm totally reto- recording the book. Like, that's, I mean, like, for me, it's all about getting to that audiobook. <laughs> but before the audiobook, you guys, season four of the Awake Athlete Podcast, I am steadily working through it. I actually started recording it. I l- listened to the first episode not too long ago, and I started recording it in, f- think, February or March. And the thing is, is that when you have a massive project, like a book, like, you know, spiritual law success, finish one thing before you, be, you know, before you really dive into another. And so, yeah, I could have pushed out the podcast earlier, but the book was the priority and anything that took me away from the book, like I had to be really calculated about it. And so I've slowly been recording season four um, and I've got, I've got 10 episodes done. So really I just need one more episode. There's a lot of, um, not a lot, but like weaved into it are episodes. And then the following episodes are meditations that deepen the messages of the episode. So it's kind of a, a more of an interactive experiential, uh, season. So that's going to be the first thing. And then the audio book, um, which we're looking into. So thank you again, Patreon, because um, that's going to help with the Wake Athlete podcast, getting that produced and allowing us to move into the audio space with, uh, with a Wake Athlete.
1: Oh, there's so much happening. Um, and it just never stops. There's just like next thing, next thing. Book signing. We're going to do a book signing. We're going to be up in Santa Cruz, right? <laughs> next thing.
0: <laughs> so, book signing. Yeah, we're going to. So, Iron Man 70.3 Santa Cruz, book signing on Friday, which is September. Is that September 8th? So, September 8th, uh, we're planning to have that at Verve Coffee. And stay tuned. We'll be putting up stories and um, about that. So, I will have copies with me so you can buy them on site. I will sign them. If you have your copy, even better, because that means you're reading it and and putting the teachings into action. Bring your copy. Let's connect. Let's meet each other. Uh, Clark will be there. So if if it's it's not the book that's drawing you there, Clark will be there, (laughs) Uh, our sweet golden retriever, if you don't know who Clark is. And uh, yeah, let's let's connect. I'll sign the book, and if you want, and um, any questions, I'm happy to answer. Okay.
1: I just think that there's two there's two verbs in Santa Cruz, so I just
0: oh, there is.
1: Yes, there are. Actually, there might be three. So I
0: Good just point. want to make sure
1: we're on the right one. The
0: one that we went to last year was really yeah. cool. I love that one.
1: That one is located at. Fifteen Forty Pacific Avenue.
0: Okay. So we got to make sure that you hundred percent. Are you hundred? Are you like a hundred percent sure? Yes,
1: positive. <laughs> okay. Good. It's in downtown. Santa yeah, it's Cruz. in that
0: cool little like um, little shops and all that, right?
1: There's another one too that's closer. Anyway, that's the one we went to. Okay. Unless you hear differently, check, check the our, stories. Check the socials.
0: Yeah, we got time, peeps. Yeah. Check the stories. Uh, we'll have the exact location on there. So come for the book signing. Let's let's connect. Let's say hi. Let's drink some coffee or tea, and uh, and you know we're gonna have our medicine cards on deck too. So come pull a card and see what your future brings.
1: Uh, how about you read a little bit?
0: Oh, okay. All right, I'm just going to randomly open. <laughs> we, we did go. this on our live.
1: It was fun. We did uh, we do 15 minutes of live on Instagram once a week, Jess and I, on the Yogi Triathlete Instagram account. And why 15 minutes? Because 15 minutes is less than 1% of your day. You can always make time for 1% of your day. So, uh, we did, uh, she did a few readings, uh, during that live, but let's do another one here. Just randomly open up the book
0: okay, and share. So, okay. I just opened to chapter seven, which is called power of the pause and I'm just going to just jump in. Okay. Oh, this seems irrelevant. Okay. Say, I love it. You're always guided to where you need to go. Silence is not easy at first, especially since it is uncommon in yoga classes and largely in our society. Still, by skillfully reminding students of perfect tools like breath awareness, they learn to navigate silence and the mental noise that may arise within it. The breath keeps us concentrated on the moment where the pause exists. This pause is where we can choose a new direction for our mind and override patterns that no longer serve us, like the discomfort pattern we have become accustomed to in silence because of all the distractions in life. The pause, although difficult to see at first, is magical because it's where change occurs. One of the biggest obstacles to change is that we live in bodies hardwired for survival and energy conservation. It's the part of us that says change does not need to occur because changing the known leads to the unknown, which feels too risky. It reasons that walking into the unknown is more threatening than the misery of staying the same. Therefore, the mind will automatically choose the known over the unknown, even if it causes pain and suffering. This is why we see people keep themselves from joy, remain in professions they loathe, and stay away from what they truly desire. As Diane Collins describes in her book, Do You Quantum Think?, it is the myth of choice. We think we are always making choices, but in reality, our choices are being made by our patterns. Many of these automatic cycles are helpful to living in the world, for example, stopping at red lights and good oral hygiene, but many are keeping us distance from our true nature. Those are the ones we want to be conscious around, and that requires us to get really comfy in the pause. That's a little excerpt. Love it. The pause is life changing, dude. <laughs> that sums it up right there. Well, it's the the pause is also the gap. Yeah, the gap, and I and so there's a lot of my story in this book, and so I talk about like basically the second yoga class of my life, where I just like in. In this, holding this pose, just saw so much anger and fury arising because there was no distraction in that moment. And how I was off gassing that anger onto the teacher, which is what happens. Anger has to go somewhere. So it typically will go onto somebody else until we turn in and realize that we can heal that anger. And um, we have to get really comfy in the pause, and so this book will also give you the tools of of what to do with that, because when I first got still and started meditating, it was there was a lot of anxiety and anger there, and at first, I didn't know what to do with it. and so um, I learned and and that is in this book, and you will learn as well and there's nothing to be ashamed of. there's nothing to hide if you are angry, if you feel anger, you are not angry. If you feel anger, you feel anxiety, there's nothing to hide. It's all there to say, hey, not this way. We want to go this way. This is the direction and we have to move through it because that's the only way is to go through. All right.
1: Well, that's what Bob said this morning was just the problems, the problems are telling us, no, not this way. Yeah. It's another way. Yeah. Just pointers.
0: Yep. Just pointers. Okay, um, awesome. I'm going to shift the. Can we shift the podcast now over to you? Sure. All right. I got some questions about Iron Man build. Um, well, first let's let's talk a little bit about what spurred this topic that you wanted to talk about because you are going back
1: to Placid.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like you have some unfinished finished business you know, there?
1: I'm not sure it's so much unfinished business. Like,
0: yeah, that kind of feels like living in the past. Yeah. doesn't Yeah, it?
1: it's like, oh, I was wrong. Rawr.
0: Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go back and change the past. <laughs> no, you're not.
1: <laughs> I'm going back there because I love that. I love that place. I love that town. I love the race itself. I love the climbing. You know, it's a it's a wonderful course to just. Um immerse yourself in the beauty. I mean, you could just look all around at that course when you're on the swim, bike, or run and just be in the magnificent uh, mountain range. Um, And it's just so, I don't know, the energy there. It held the Olympics twice, so it's really high energy. And, you know, not basing on experience, but how I felt when I'm there is what I'm pulling on. Uh, if you look at results, I'm 50% of the time I finish the race, or I actually will line up for the race. I've done it twice, and I've missed it twice.
0: Why have you missed it twice?
1: So, this is going in the past, but the first time... But
0: again, like, maybe yeah. this is the first time somebody's been listening to this.
1: So, 2013, uh, our dog was uh, not doing so well, my first dog. And I, I picked him up and tried to put him in the back seat um, and threw out my back. And this is in the height of Ironman training. I was like, um, actually, this was 2014. Um, and so that was with about, uh, I don't know, a month and a half out from Placid. And I was really fit and strong. And uh, I was unable to perform. And I really had a dark moment in my life um, that, uh, that ended up being the catalyst to the person and coach that you see today. Uh, so through that experience, I still went up to Placid. Uh, my parents were coming up, um, and I was going to be unable to race. I think you raced that year though. That was the rain year.
0: Yeah. I taught that's, uh, that's in the book too. I talk about that. There's a chapter called enlightened performance and I talk about that crazy storm.
1: Yeah. Anything can happen on that course too. It can be super humid. It can rain in the morning, be hot in the afternoon. It can be cold. There's so many things that can happen. Lightning, thunder, you got pulled. You know, some people got pulled from the water that year. So, anyway, that was 2014. uh, Yeah, 2014, I was unable to participate, um, but I was there with my parents and we spectated. And then I was all in for 2015, came back, raced it. And then we hit the road in 2016, and our first stop was Placid. We were going to stay there for six or seven weeks before the race live there in the town and train and I trained on the course I swam every day, was out on the bike uh, running the run course on River Road and <laughs> and the Monday before the race we were in a campground and I got really sick. Uh, some sort of we, we think it was a parasite, something maybe in the water or something and I just uh, we had to check into the hotel early and uh, didn't leave the bathroom for you know for a few days. Uh, had to be close and nearby. And so, yeah, so I was unable to race that year. I did everything possible till that race morning, Sunday morning, and just woke up and I just couldn't be away from, you know, the bathroom was basically what it was. And it, it was a different experience cause I was in service and appreciation to all our friends who are still out there racing and, and athletes, um, that were there, and it it was just a freeing moment because I wasn't attached, and that led to my video that I've done, and we'll link it here. Um, when I went out the next day, or maybe two days after, on that Tuesday, I went for a run, and I felt fantastic. And I sat down in the oval and did a little video about detachment and how powerful that 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 practice can be when you can continually strive and commit, but yet be detached from. Outcome. And I really believe that's a superpower. So to go back this year, it's a 25th anniversary. And uh, I went back two years ago to spectate, and it really was pulling at my heart to go there. And what's even super fun is that we'll have some athletes there who it'll be their first time doing an Ironman. And so, yeah, I'm headed back, excited for it. It'll be my second Ironman of the year. I've got, I've got uh, Texas in April. And then Placid in July, so yeah, really pumped to get back there on course. So, yeah, what was the, the first question was like?
0: Yeah, just why? giving some background what you just did. Yeah, um, as somebody that's been doing Ironman for a very long time now, and a coach for um, since well. Yeah. Coach now going on eight years. Uh, and I would say Ironman is like your specialty, like long distance. You're just, you're so built for it. But I also think as a, as a coach, like that's the thing that just jazzes you up is this Ironman. Um, I think it's really where you shine is the full distance. And what is something that you see with athletes that desire to do it, but then they like, they hold themselves back. Like what's the limiting belief that you see that kind of has a hold on people that where they're not pulling the trigger to do this very thing that just lights you up so much.
1: I think I'll, I'm sure there's a few hesitations or, or reasons why people aren't, you know, pursuing it. But one of the, the, the ones I see most often is the time commitment, or the belief surrounding the time commitment that's necessary to um, pursue an epic event like this. And trust me, it, an Iron Man is no is no joke. Like it, it's going to ask a lot of you to um, to show up and to commit and stay the course. And it's also going to ask you to detach from how everything has to be executed. Uh, you know, you got to let perfection go. This training that you're going to pursue is going to ebb and flow just like your day on the course is going to ebb and flow. You know, it's going to continually be amazing and then it's going to be equally disturbing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a good word.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can float back and forth with it in the matter of 10 to 17 hours. And, the, the magic in this experience is being able to navigate that with a neutral mindset, with a with a uh, wake athlete mind that can see everything playing out and notice that eventually everything will balance out. There's going to be highs and lows. We got to stay the course right in the middle and not get too high and not too low to uh, make it through the day, to enjoy the day. Um, which is what we want to do. So time commitment is is a big piece. So that's just a belief that's put out there. And if you're doing your first one, you're probably reading up on how many hours people recommend it takes. Uh, But you're a unique individual. And so what we do is we tailor to how much time you do have available based on what you do in life, what fills you up, commitments you have, what your expectations are for the outcome of this event. Um, And... And building that all into a sort of framework where you get the most out of yourself, right? Building yourself up for success. That's really that's really a cornerstone of what we do here. We want you to succeed. And so for someone, it may look like eight hours a week. For someone, it may look like 15 hours a week. And for someone else, it may be 20. Uh, some people will train eight hours a week until the final you know, two months, and then they bump up their training, you know, and really ramp it up strong and go 15, 20 hours. So uh, again, it's all um, unique to the individual. There's so many things happening in their life. So many traveling for work, uh, new babies, um, job switches, um, family vacations. So it's a balancing all that to get the most out of you. So yeah, I think it depends. It's a, it's, a, it's a great answer. It depends on what your expectations are and that what is at the core of that statement? Like what's at the belief? Uh, where does the belief come from? Is it just from experience? Well, probably not from experience because you haven't done one before. It's probably from something outside of you based on statistics. And you know what we think about statistics.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's the answer of every great coach we've ever talked to on the podcast and, you know, the podcast that happens after we, before and after we hit record is like, it depends.
1: <laughs> I just have Lucho in my mind <laughs> on the Endurance Planet podcast. Yeah. Like, it's like, it depends.
0: It depends. And then he goes yeah. into
1: his perspective and that's really what it is. It depends. And a lot of it surrounds, like, what do you believe Yeah, about this? Do you yeah. believe you have no time or do you believe you can make time for the things that you want to uh, go after.
0: Yeah. I mean, Neil Henderson, Mark Allen, Bobby McGee, like all of these amazing coaches, Lucho that we've had on the podcast. It's they're always, it's always the same. It depends. Scotty D, our friend, Hillary Biscay, our friend, like it's, you know, it's, it depends. It depends on the athlete. Um, let's, let's stick a little bit with this question, um, a, around like beliefs because, uh, you are also doing Texas, which is pancake flat. And then you're doing like Placid, which is like 8,000 feet of climbing on the bike. Um, I'm not
1: sure it's that much, but
0: yeah, <laughs> well, <and laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so this idea of like, I live in Florida. I can't train for Placid or I'm a bigger person. I can't train for mountains or I'm better on the climbing. So I can't do Texas. Like, is there an Ironman that's better suited for, um, an athlete or is, is any, like, can anybody do kind of anything?
1: Again, it comes down to what you believe. If you believe you can only race well on, on flat courses, then you probably will only race well on flat courses. Uh, the same goes for hilly courses. You know, I say that I'm a climber because I'm lighter. I'm a smaller guy, so maybe climbing's best for me, but I'm going to go after Texas. I'm not going to shy away from Texas because it's flat, just like I didn't shy away from Arizona because it's mostly flat. It's just It's what you believe. And when it comes down to it, it's how you prepare and show up on race day. What are the things that you do to make yourself ready for those race conditions? Flat course, cold water swim, hilly run course, whatever it is, just prepare yourself for it. Give yourself a chance. I think all too often we cut ourselves off right before we even have the opportunity to, to make that choice because our belief system is just so strong. It's just so ingrained in us. Um, so I always ask if an athlete asked me that, I said, well, what do you believe, what do you believe about, you know, flat race courses and what evidence do you have that supports that? And when you start to pick that apart, there's really no evidence. Cause a lot of times they've, they've done one hilly course and have not done well. So it's based on one sample size, one race, um, again, but the other side of that is if you don't f- enjoy doing hilly courses, why would you go and do hilly courses? Do what you enjoy doing. Um, But I would challenge you (laughs) as I challenge myself, go explore the limitations that you've, that you're putting on yourself.
0: I love it. As we, uh, Oh,
1: when to start training
0: too. Yeah. When to start training.
1: That's something I get. And we talked about it right at the beginning of this podcast, but yesterday, (laughs) yesterday, uh, the major reason why I say that is you can start to create habits and routines now. So for Placid, if you're doing Placid in 2024, we are 11 months away. Start laying down the foundation for your training now. So what does that mean? Well, get into a pattern of waking up early once or twice a week and getting in that first of two workouts in. It doesn't have to be long. It can be like 30 minutes.
0: Well, this could be like for the time crunched athlete. Like this is the time because this is when you start building into that eight hours a week, eight hours a week, eight hours. That's like an eight hours a week is nothing it's, it should be the minimum for anyone who wants to live a healthy life, right?
1: Well, it's a little more than an hour a day. Should be, should. Should be, should be. So if that, so, it's like a little over 4% of your day every day. Uh, but get those practices in now. Don't, don't think when you're three weeks out from the race, you're going to all of a sudden be able to wake up and get the, the workout in and get that evening workout in. Like closer to the race or when things really need to be uh, open and free so that you can fine-tune your training and get prepped for the race, all the little things, the food prep, the bike maintenance and recovering from all the training that you've done. So start now getting those habits in. And I would say get into that morning centering practice, mm-hmm. breathing, getting calm, then stepping into the day and doing a short workout. Go go out throughout your day. Normally begin to document like how your day goes at work, with the family, at your job, like all of that. And then come home and make time for a second workout, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes again. And see how this routine begins to move into your normal normal routine, your normal life. And how is it affecting it? Do you need to ask your family or friends to support you, to get on board? Like, I need your help. Like, it's really hard to do an evening workout. I could use your support to come meet me for a run or to make dinner 30 minutes later on this night. Um, not every night. It doesn't have to be every night. <laughs> Just start asking for the things that will set you up for success. And then these become so turnkey as you continually progress through the weeks, months, and you find yourself a month out and you have progressed to being fit and strong and healthy and your is on board and communities on board and everybody's just supporting you. Um, so start early. I, I really recommend if it's your first Ironman, at least absolutely if it's your first Ironman, start now. Start getting those practices in and, now.
0: And when to start? Like when to start with the coach? When?
1: Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Two months ago.
0: Why? Why is that so important? Even if they're like, "Well, I'm only going to do five hours a week. I can't justify that."
1: Again, using the guide, you know, I've I've got experience with uh, Ironman builds. I have experience with Ironman builds working a full time job, uh, it was myself included, and. It's important to work through the flow of working with a coach for at least a month or two, if not more, to get the the feel for how the program is going to flow. To find out what uh, is working, what isn't working, what you have, what you think you have time for, and what you actually have time for, and then all the gear and stuff that you need. Uh, becoming familiar with clip in pedals, using the snorkel in the pool. Um, different running terrains that feel better on your on your knees. Uh, really, all these things can be ironed out in the first few months. And ironing out all those things now allows for more time later on to really dial in the sessions, the workouts. Yeah.
0: And let's talk about um, the run. I mean, yeah, there's the swim and the bike, and and we can dive into this more, obviously. We're going to... We're not stopping with this podcast anytime soon. Uh, Seven plus years strong. Uh, We're going to keep going. But let's talk about the run because how important is run fitness to an Ironman?
1: Yeah, you need run fitness. Yeah, it's absolutely. But you also need swim and bike fitness in order to run to your potential. Okay. So yes, you can't just discount the swim and the bike. Those are going to take an enormous amount of energy from you. Uh, the run will probably is at the end of the triathlon, obviously, and that's going to be the most challenging because you've already put six to 10 hours in, in your body already. But in order to run to your potential, and this is something I've experienced over the years, you need to be swim and bike fit. And most of us, myself included, at times, have overbiked. And when you overbike, you definitely put yourself into a hole and then you... Most often don't run to how you believe you can perform, and then you blame your run fitness for not being able to uh, execute on the day.
0: Oh, but it's actually your bike fitness or your inability to tame the ego, which is I believe chapter eight. Of the <laughs> <Catholic>. <laughs> <laughs> it Catholic. all leaves back to the awake athlete. Tame the mind, the ego is not your enemy. a um, couple chapter names there. But yeah, that's it's not it's not always what it's it's just kind of like um, if you've got uh, a, ca- a calf niggle going on and you're like just rubbing your calf, rubbing your calf, but nothing's changing. It's because the calf's not the problem. The calf is the symptom of something else in the body. And so the crappy run performance, what you're saying is actually the symptom of over biking or not having the bike fitness and not biking to your fitness level so that you can run to your potential.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And that actually shows up in running too. Like I realized when you cramp on the run, a lot of times, yeah, it could be, it could be nutrition, but most often you're running way harder than than your body is, is capable. And I'm talking about a side stitch, something I worked with through uh, some intense um, training back when we lived in Boulder, um, I realized that. And then once my fitness came up, I was able to not cramp ever again. So the solution is not always what you're seeing. It's not always like, I need to fix the run. There's, there's more to it. There's uh, execution and training. There's nutrition, hydration, and fitness in the other two sports. And of course, as we always mention, mindset, what you believe. So I have a, I have a few runners that don't believe they are runners. They actually come out and blatantly say, I'm not a runner. And we quickly flip that around. Using the example that you had uh, when you lived in Boulder, where you wore that T-shirt, "I love running" from <laughs> Skirt Sports. That's
0: a great story. I'll so, go in the next book.
1: Yeah, uh, but you got to believe. You got to believe in what you want to achieve. I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is true. So yeah, the run is super important. Um, and I've been jiving, jamming, digging, loving,
0: jamming. <laughs> You've been jamming uh,
1: the long run, and my long run right now is 90 minutes because I'm just doing half Ironmans this year as of right now. Uh, Maybe I'll go up to an hour 40. Uh, So I'm getting really good at 90 minutes. Every Sunday, 90 minutes. Consistency every single Sunday. Uh, There may be times where I go 140 or even two hours, but it's at a slower, easier pace, maybe some walking. What I'm really jazzed about is and I'm filtering this into the athletes I coach, is to have that one run a week where you run the same route and you run it breathing through your nose. So you don't look at your watch for heart rate or pace or anything. You just start your watch and you do the same route and you just focus on keeping your mouth closed and breathing through your nose, which sets a cap to how fast you can run. So if you do it for an hour, there's no way you can run I shouldn't say there's no way. Let's use myself as an example. There's no way I can run 640 pace per mile with my mouth closed. That is not possible. So I'm capped at whatever pace I can run based on breathing through the nose. Uh, this also allows your body to get really efficient. Your lungs, uh, efficient with oxygen and carbon dioxide, but also strengthening your lung capacity uh, and use it efficiently. Um, come race day, when you actually do have to be anaerobic. So I've been doing this run for a few weeks now, a couple months, and I do the same route once a week and I'm getting faster at that run, keeping my mouth closed, breathing through my nose, and I'm getting more calm in it. And I can feel that sort of uh, traverse into... The other runs that i'm able to perform like the three times 5k we did along the coast where i don't feel as taxed at the same effort so something to consider you know same route you know breathe only through your nose at first it may feel a little panicky that's because you're going too hard <laughs> this is exactly what i uh the feedback i get you gotta slow down you may even have to walk for a little bit but i know that sounds scary super scary <laughs> But it's so beneficial. It's so beneficial for the big picture. I look at big picture. I'm not looking at one specific run. I'm looking at the big picture. What are your goals? Your goals are to run strong at the end of an Ironman. Well, you got to start doing progression runs. You got to get to the end of a a long run and be able to run strong, even for five minutes, 10 minutes. It's the rewiring training of the brain to believe that it's possible. Yes, if you look at the correlation between an hour progression run and a four-hour Ironman marathon... There's a big discrepancy there. It's four times the amount that you're running. But the mind is pulling upon the thread that you can run stronger and faster at the end of a session versus the other way around, which is to drift off and to, you know, go slower. So that's something I'm experimenting with and have found success with. And I've got a few athletes doing the same thing. And we're gonna see how this this plays out. But I feel I feel so um fit on the run, I would say. Like I feel fit on the run. And this has been, it's been a long time since I've really been in this uh, this condition, uh, in this state. And I think a lot of it, I know a lot of it has to do with what I believe and what I choose. Um, Talk about a wake athlete and using the mind. I just remember at camp in January, making the decision to go run with everyone. As I had not been running for weeks, I made the decision to choose to go out and run and experience it. And that set off a trajectory that got me where I am right now.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Any final words around Ironman build Ironman? Um, of course, if anybody has, uh, any questions, please send them and we'll address them as, yeah, we're talking about next season, but next season is right now. Like, yeah, it's well yesterday, apparently according to BJ coach beach. Um, yeah. Any final, any final words and anything else that we didn't cover on our list? We'll get next month. Let's keep going with
1: this. Just, Touching upon that bike fitness, it doesn't mean that you do all bike and all swim and you just limit your run. You still do run workouts, but the focus is to just be really strong and build that endurance and fitness on the bike to allow for you to, to run strong. Yeah.
0: And are we going to be doing, um, are you going to be putting us all into bike camp again in like yes. December oh, or Oh, that so? was so
1: much fun. Yeah. We're definitely doing that. Uh the t- I put the team into bike camp last year. it was eight weeks, yeah, eight weeks, and we use trainer road uh the app trainer road, which is so phenomenal. I love that I've been used I think I'm an o g or with trainer road I was using it in Newport, so probably about two thousand thirteen or fourteen, so maybe ten years, maybe ten years uh and then yeah, eight week bike camp really focused run and swim volume go way down um and it's it's fun to see everybody uh change their FTPs. You would take an FTP test at the beginning and we do it at the end. So, uh, join Yogi Triathlete, you know, we'll be doing all these things, Placid, Bike Camp, uh,
0: Oceanside,
1: Oceanside, you'll be in
0: Texas, I'll
1: be in Texas, looks like I'm
0: going to be at Oregon, 70.3,
1: possibly Massachusetts, 70.3, <laughs> Placid,
0: Kona, Kona, let's do it. Hmm. <laughs>